really feel like it's my mind always thinks it could do I could do something to change something or not. It, or is are things just going to unfold the way they're going to unfold? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be for you. But if you feel like you have free will, exert it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you can do something, then do it. And if you feel like you really need need to do something, you better do it. <laughs> Seriously, until you don't need to do it. Right. If you try to act like you don't need to do something you really need to do, it doesn't work. Right. That's what happens with non-duality a lot. People hear this stuff, yeah, that's what I hear. and they that's think what like, oh, there's nothing really I can do. But they really, that's it's not... That's not how it is right now. They really need to do something. (laughs) (laughs) So it's nice to be able to see the difference. Like in the Course, it would say level confusions, yeah? Right. So let's say you hear, and first of all, once again, non-duality isn't a thing. It's a negation. So if you say, I'm going to a non-duality meeting where? (laughs) There's no non-duality meeting. It's a negation of... Of, a, of, uh, of something that we've taken to be so. This dualic, dualistic right. expression, taking it to be real. It's a negation of that. It's not saying, oh, I'm something, I'm non-duality. It's just saying not to. Mm-hmm. Not to, yeah. So it's good to know that part. Yeah. Oh, where was I going before? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the level of confusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's say you hear, quote-unquote, non-duality. Yes? Mm-hmm. And let's say uh, your attention and interest and your mental state is here mm-hmm. on the houses and the chance for them to be on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So let's say your house is on fire here, yet you keep trying to apply this empty pail of water that there's no house, right. there's no me, and there's no fire. You're going to have a really deep experience of getting burnt. <laughs> it's much better if you would just see red as red and then get a pail of water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's called a flexible mind. Right. Non-duality. If it if your mind uses it to form a rigidity, it's right. going to break. It's right. not going right. to serve. Right. It's flexible. You recognize what's happening. What state mm-hmm. is the apparatus in? It's right. not you. You recognize the state it's in. Hey, you know, I need some nourishment. I can't keep doing talks eight hours a day. I'm going to go to the beach or something. Mm-hmm. You start knowing things. Yeah. Yes? Yeah. And it's, there's no rigid. It's, yeah. There's like no the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So the whole idea is not to have these levels become confused. So a lot of people... Like they call me up and they just can't get down to the to to the rub of things because they don't think they should be there because right. they should be not a person or something. So it takes like twenty minutes of listening to them and finally they break down and start crying and my girlfriend left and said, Well fucking why didn't you say that in the first place? It's a lot easier. Yeah? There is an appearance. Selfing is engaged. Yes? It's an activity here. Just like everything else is an activity. Are you denying the water's running in the stream? Are you denying this and that? Why are you denying selfing? There's no denial of it. There's just changing one idea about it. It's not you. Yeah? It doesn't mean it's totally devalued. It means it's not you. So your attention can be freed and go some other places. Yes? Which will enrich your experience of the selfing, and you'll travel lighter. Yeah. What is traveling lighter? Light doesn't need to travel lighter. Yeah? It's a mind that can be engaged in a lot of levels, 
that it would be valuable for that mind to travel later through the levels. Yeah. Yes. So let's say when you're really sick, your your mental state is much different. Usually, it's more morose or it gets depressive. Yes. Things get black. Your perceptions change. Oh, what the fuck? Nothing matters. Yes. You're in a certain mental level then. Yeah. It's nice to be able to travel lighter there. Then there's some times where there's just, it's, everything is really bright and da da da. That's easy as hell, travel lighter. But the, the mental states are going to change and fluctuate. That's what they're doing. So it's nice to be able to be flexible, like a sort of gymnastic. You can move and stuff. You know. Once you think something's the way or right about it, you become rigid. There's an arthritic thing happens, yeah. and then you're then there's a defense not to be broken. Pride arises. Yeah, you think you have something, and all of that that calcification starts occurring. Then the message, the bone marrow's gone. All you got is the fucking skeleton there. Yeah, there's nothing there. Then that's when it's like it gets to non-dual dueling. You know, <laughs> the the. The, there's the non-dual Pharisees. They like they live by the word, but they've lost the fucking spirit of the word. You know, if you say I, oh, you're not you're not clear. Or me, oh Jesus, you're definitely give me a fucking break. You want to change a whole language to be right? Just wear the language loosely. Give me a break. You know, that's what I flipped out when I first got into. Uh, you have a question? No. Uh, when I. Uh, well, I got asked to do a thing on this website, Urban Guru Cafe. I don't know if you know. It's from Seton, Australia. It's kind of really nice. They've closed down. I think they had you know, they had uh, resentments towards each other. People had it, but uh, they they wanted to do a re, uh, like an internet uh, interview with me. So I looked them up and I saw the commentary, and there was incredible non-dual dueling there. <laughs> They were inc- so they were yeah, parsing yeah. everything, and they were as clear as clear it can be, yeah. But how are they fucking living during the day? That's where I see the value is where the rubber hits the road, not when you're typing on a thing and you've got an understanding. There is no I, yeah. There appears to be one. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that appearance. What happens is it gets really heavy if you take it to be you. That's all. In other words. The minds, all the minds, chips go on into the mental state, and it's sort of like a boat where the the weight isn't distributed well. There's too much weight on the front; it sinks quite a lot. Yeah, it can't go over the next wave. It can maybe do really well when it's all conditionally controlled, like you're at a peaceful place and you're getting massaged in the morning. Then you do ten minutes of meditation, then you have your Ayurvedic, you know, colonoscopy or whatever <laughs> enema, and everything's fine then. But when it hits, it comes out here, the smallest wave sinks it. Because the weight isn't distributed. There is a you appearing. Yeah? There is the I, spirit, and there's the me, the mental process. Yeah, It's like the, it's like the, uh, the emblem on the whole mental process. You know, of the whole car of, of selfing, there's the emblem of me. Yeah? It's like a bastardized version of I and you. It's sort of like your mental process says, well, I've got to cover up that fucking eye, so I'll claim to be the one who's doing that. And I've got to have some point of relevance, I'll say I'm the body. But you damn well know the mind doesn't think it's the body. The me, yeah? Because when I used to do drugs, if I had any sense of self-preservation, I wouldn't have done the amount I did. Mm-hmm. 
But my head was totally off on its own. It could give a damn about the fucking body. It uses the body for a reference point. Because this way, it can think about itself with the body as the fixed object. So it can think about itself in the future, but it needs the body to aim the attention, yeah? The thoughts have to circulate around something, and it's the body idea. But my head had no no allegiance to the body whatsoever. Yeah? When it wanted relief, it shot up with spit. It could give a shit of what happened to the body. Yeah? So this I, this me, and this you... Let's say the distribution of interest and attention is about 90% into the mental realm. And maybe almost none in the spirit, quote-unquote spiritual realm, and maybe 9 or 10%. But most of your idea of your body is a mental image. You're not actually experiencing your body. You're still holding your body as a mental image. Yeah? So the mental realm is taking all of our, all of our juice. Yeah? And so what happens is, there's not a lack in the spirit, but you're not going to be aware of it. There is a lack in the body. The body doesn't do well sucked up the ass of self. It really doesn't. <laughs> because it has no idea what's bothering it. Because it has no idea of what the body's like. It doesn't. It has an image, and it thinks, I should be like this. And when something contrary happens, it can't translate it. So we have to go to pseudo-authorities to have someone who doesn't know what the fuck they're doing usually anyway to give us, oh, this is what you need to do. Like in the Course, it would say they're unhealed healers. Yeah. I just read that today. Yes, unhealed, unhealed healers. So here, this is the simple invitation. If I'm not the center of the whole system of this mental realm called selfing, because time is of that place. Yeah. If I'm not the center of it, find out. See what happens. What happened with me, when that center dropped out, the mental realm started losing the attention and interest. And my interest and attention went to my body and went to that. It found rest here, yes, and it started learning, it started to learn how to know and read this, how this is going, how to listen to the intuition and the feelings of the body, instead of having this mental construct, yes? So it's, now, let's say the eye gets a lot of the percentage of interest and attention, but that interest and attention isn't wedded to that. It's freely ranging. So when it's needed at the body, it goes to the body. If I have a task to do, it goes to the mind. Yeah? And then when the task's over, it gets dismissed. Something is working. It's working better. And when it's working better, I travel lighter. And when I travel lighter, I am content with what I have. Yeah? When I'm traveling later, I can recognize something that's not happening as not happening. <laughs> so it's not wedded. No, of course not. It never was. Right. It's a false bondage. Yeah. That's why in recovery it says, please relieve us of the bondage of self. Yeah. What's the bondage of self? Some, there's got to be a bonding agent that's, yeah. that's allowing the mind to take itself to be this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Yeah? There's, so there's got to be a bonding agent for that to stick because it's like water and oil. If you attempt to stick no thing with thingness, it's like water and oil. Yeah. So here, what's the glue? The daily narrative, K-Paul. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the way the mind thinks is part. It's it is the problem. So that narrative is the glue. That's the only thing that's keeping it. That's the glue, of course. You do something you really love, it overrides it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. If you're doing yeah. something like sex yeah, or yeah, surfing yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. or being available to others, it's overridden quite easily. 
But the problem is, it re-adheres. Yeah. As soon as that event occurs, it claims the event as you're the one who did it. Look at it. If you've ever had a big epiphany, you know, the, uh, that word, epiphany, when you have an epiphany, I always think it's funny because you never make a reservation for one, do you? You never know it's coming. It just sort of breaks in. What happened when it seemed to end? I bet you I can tell you. The thought system arose and said, hey, mm-hmm. I just had this incredible experience. Mm-hmm. That was the end. <laughs> but it wasn't the end. It was the mind, the mental state shifted. Right. It shifted back into the mental right. realm. And then from the mental realm, it claims. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Yes? It just makes things up. Yes? So it claimed that event, and now it's your event. Yeah? And now that event can be used to beat the living hell out of you when you don't feel like you're ever going to get to another epiphany. Yes? Yeah. Can I ask you something about um, anxiety? Like, feel, like, I can feel anxiety, but there usually isn't necessarily a mental narrative going on. It's just a feeling of anxiety. Yeah. And I've gotten to the point now where I can, I can feel it and be with it. And I don't sort of, like, own it. Oh, my God, I shouldn't be anxious or whatever. I, I just let it be there. I mean as much as I can. Um, but there's no mental narrative per se, but it seems to go faster. Is that is that the sort of process that, like, if somebody's dealing with something that they don't like the feeling of in the body, I, I, I guess my question is, like, what would you say to somebody that's like, I'm having this problem, I'm feeling anxiety, and I'd like to get rid of it. What would you say? Well, I'd first say, well, who is it that wants to get rid of it? Sure. But then again, maybe give them some tea. (laughs) Some calming tea. Because, you know, when I first got sober, I remember I'd be walking around and I'd be having these, like, incredible uh, metaphysical anxieties, and really all I needed was a bologna sandwich. You know what I mean? I hadn't eaten enough, and Mm -hmm. I was having, like, this infinite question coming arising. I just needed to eat. So we have a simple statement: hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Just check out those four things. If you're hungry, if you you know, just try to stay out of being all four at once. That's really bad. But hungry, angry, lonely, tired. A lot of times, these incredible questions are just a biological condition. Yeah, I've noticed that. And anxiety, there's things to do about it if it's felt sensed in the body. There's things you can take and change your diet and stuff. Seriously. I mean, you got to, again, don't be confused by levels, yeah? We're so into the mental, we think everything is there. It's me doing everything. No, it isn't. The you has a big role here. If you're not feeling good, the me's going to really not be feeling good, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's not to try to make the me feel good. Get the you feeling better, then the me will, le- will lift off you a little bit, yes? You don't go to the me sometimes, you go to the you. And this is saying... You're not that me, so you can rest in the eye and let that have the biggest influence in your life. Yes? And see how you like it. To me, I like traveling lighter. Yeah? Now, I could have been, like, I was thinking I was going to go surfing today in Long Island, yes? And so my head could say, hey, I wish I was freaking surfing today in Long Island. But you know what? I'm not wet right now. <laughs> that's the that's what demands my attention. What's actually happening? <laughs> Before I would be blaming all of you for keeping me from surfing, you know, and I'd have a real good resentment by the time I leave here. 
<laughs> but now that's been dismissed. But not on my not not on my effort whatsoever. My mind changed, and then things changed. And you're conscious, so you can become aware of the changes. Yeah. 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 Then if you feel like you're on to something, stay on it. Yeah. I don't believe like satsang is something to do every day or repeat all the time. You know, I believe it's a catalyst or like a primer. Yeah. Like we said the other night, if your car breaks down, and I don't have a new car, so take the air filter off, there's a carburetor, and you know, you have a friend there, and you have a gas can, and they put a couple of drops of gas in, you turn the car on, and then it catches, what, yeah, now, that's it, that's, that's the point you wanted, yeah, you don't stand and keep pouring gas in, or it floods it, yeah, so for me, this is sort of like an, uh, an intimation, you get the intimation, and then the mind runs with it, yeah, the mind runs with it. Let the mind have some time to entertain it. So it can, instead of capture, you know, it's not more. More isn't better. You know, like sometimes I do these retreats. I don't like retreats, but they have a place, like a, 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 a business center where I do them, so they have to make money. It's in Toronto, so I have to speak like four hours in one day, and it's like beating a dead horse. <laughs> This is just like a message. I don't want to keep going over it, and I have to bring out the script, scriptures and start riffing on them because I get, I'm not going to fill the time with meditation. I don't want to do that. That's you can do that on your own. You know what I mean? And you don't know who the hell you're sitting with when you're meditating. Yeah. When there's like 30 people in a room meditating, you don't know if there's a eight, eight insane people in there. And when you your mind gets open, stuff comes in. Ah. You know. So I don't like to have any fillers. So I'm, ah. like, but they have to make money, so okay, you know, we'll do these four hours of talks, yeah. But I'd much rather just invite somebody, and I have faith in mind, you know. Yeah. The only thing mind needs is the possibility, because it is severely constrained when it's in self-centeredness. Its ability to entertain is severely limited by the definition of being a self. So when it entertains... Uh, being okay, it's always in time. I was okay, and I will be okay. Which produces more anxiety, doesn't it? If you're, if you're gonna be okay, then it makes it worse not being okay seemingly now. And if you were okay, it makes it worse that you're not seemingly okay now. Yes? So the, the, its possibilities strengthen its hold, basically. So when you entertain freedom and peace from selfing, you're gonna be selfing in the self thing's going to have a field day because now it has some things that they say it may take lifetimes to find. It's going to love that. You're just going to be seeking like freaking crazy and there'll be no end. No end to it. And therefore, it's just obsess over you as the seeker. Yeah. So it's just the mind going crazy. I see, I see it that way. Yeah. I have a lot... I like a lot of uh, stuff that's going on here, but I think it's too much. Mm-hmm. Not, you don't need a huge amount. It's not like a bigger dose is going to do it. Yeah, It's just whatever can get through. Like one of the great supposed patriarchs of Zen got it by, he, he overheard a guy saying a sutra, one line of a sutra, his mind woke up. Yeah? Now if he would have denied that one, that waking up and sat there and went to a hall 800 times in the next 800 days and heard that whole, that whole scripture... He would have blown it. Instead, he got as much as he needed. One little boop, 
his head got it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't mean, all right, it's nice to go. Like we said, you meet people, it's nice to sit in this space. But you, you call the dogs off, you know. You're not going to be there when it gets good. Yeah? This mental level isn't going to have the stability of that level. The requirement is the mental condition has to diminish for that to seem to arise. It can't be this, this being really profoundly amplified and getting it. It won't work. Yeah? So there's nothing to get? <laughs> well, there is, like food tonight. Okay, good. <laughs> you know, there's tons of things to get. The whole point is there's no getter. That's the beauty. Because then when you get, let's say if you went and got ice cream tonight, maybe you can be able to enjoy it. But if you're the getter, it may have thousands of reasons why you shouldn't be having ice cream. So you can't even enjoy the damn Agendas when you buy it. <coughs> it's not the ice cream, it's the getter. You know? Because the getter has, is made up of tons of ideas of what it should and shouldn't do, right. what this and that. Yes? So, All of that comes into play as soon as the claiming occurs. As soon as the claiming of an event is occurs, and then you're the one that's in the event, the you becomes the biggest influence of the event. Like it says in physics, the biggest influence of any experiment is the observer of the experiment. As soon as the mental process claims the experiment, it becomes the biggest influence in it. It gives meaning to it. So, and I'm telling you, I saw it. I see it with people. They can't even enjoy a pint of Agandas, mm-hmm. like one little, a dollar worth of it, because their mind just runs wild. What, what are you doing? You know, give me a freaking break. So how do you, so what, how do you, uh, re- is there a practice to diminish? Is there a practice to diminish the the mind constantly? Well, there's a lot of ways you can get a, a free sample of it. You can do some service, get out of yourself. Right. Yes, right. You, know, I bet you, when you're out of yourself in that experience of serving someone else, mm-hmm. you'll feel available. Right. You'll feel spacious. That's a pretty nice. Free sample, yes? And if you want to meditate, far out. But the question, who's the meditator? Mm-hmm. I didn't do well with meditation, you know. I meditated a lot for years, went to a lot of retreats, but uh, I couldn't c- get out from underneath the template that I was the one who was doing yeah. So, it, And the weird thing with me is, my mind gives much more meaning to spiritual stuff than other stuff. I didn't know that, but when I first met... I met a guru when I was really young. I came from a Catholic upbringing. I had n- never been with a guru. Yeah. had no idea about a spiritual path, but I had thousands of ideas about a spiritual path. As soon as I got engaged in that situation, tons of ideas flooded. He should be like this. I should be like that. They should be. It was just unbelievable. Like a giant mental jungle just appeared. <laughs> so my head likes to give a lot of meaning to the nobleness of spiritual pursuits. It's very dangerous. It's like super glue. I bond to the idea of being the one. I'm very easy. It's much better for me to stay like on a dog shit level. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really. It does. It works. Because it's sort of like the Eye of Sauron. You ever see that movie? The uh, Lord of the Rings? It was a great movie. The books are great. Well, the Eye of Sauron is this, this... 
it, it's the epitome of, of like uh, darkness. Yeah, it's sort of like the same thing like Star Wars, the light and the darkness. Well, Sauron's like the epitome of it, and he, now he's not in a body, so he's pictured as this big eye, like a burning eye that's looking everywhere for this one thing that he values, which is this ring. Yeah. So when he's looking, he's looking constantly, constantly looking all around all the other realms. Yeah. But the fact is, like, this message is beautiful because the mind, the conditional mind, doesn't really see any value in it. You may see it for the first few years, but you'll, you'll be bored of it. Like, you may use it, like, in relationships when the person says, Paul, why don't you do the dishes? And you say, well, there is no Paul, you know? <laughs> she says, fuck you, you know? And then, you know what I mean? It, see, it, it can't take advantage of it that much, so it, get, it doesn't see any value in it. That's why it's so fucking valuable. The mental process, it'll, get, it'll try to make it something, and after a while it will fail, and then it will leave it alone. That's when it becomes the gift that keeps on giving, when it's not being made into something. Yes? That's it. That's the beauty of it. And so for me, it was like a maturing process. I heard the message, my mind rushed in and tried to make it like to its own advantage, I went through that little period and then it broke into another level that was much more peaceful, yes? And much more, uh, let's say, uh, flesh and bloody, you know? It got really good, so. Is that related to the idea of acceptance? Like, once something is accepted, it loses its sort of value as being very important or, or very, you're, you're not as connected to it, so it's so then yeah. behavior change starts to sort of naturally take place. Yeah, but my experience of acceptance is it's a byproduct. It's not something you can do. But if, if the mind, if the mental state diminishes and the other state becomes um, stronger, in a sense, not stronger, but more obvious, then acceptance is one of its ways of expressing. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Because, really, blue becomes blue and red becomes red. You see the obvious and stuff. So you really see there's nothing to do, really. And the mind can respond to that. It's just, all right, something hap- that happens with me. When some, even an event out here, let's say I leave my keys in, my, in the car, and my head realizes it, and there's, the, there's a, one part wants to get really contracted and rushed out, but then a very practical thing comes out, okay, what can I do? But, but, but when I go over the things, and if there's nothing I can do, that's it. That, acts, that just leaves the stage and then there's the space again, yeah? It showed up when it's needed, but it doesn't hang out, yes, mm-hmm. it goes, yeah? And I, could, I never thought as clearly as I do now, to tell you the truth. So it's pretty amazing, yeah? Mm-hmm. The thought system, when left alone, mm-hmm. has its, has, it can be used for other purposes other than the adorning of this fake little effigy called self. You know, Paul, what happens with me a lot, you know, like having spaciousness and being spacious, the fear comes, you're going to die. You know, if you step into emptiness, you'll have nothing. Hallelujah. (laughs) It doesn't feel like hallelujah, it's just like, there's nothing. There's nothing to hold on to, nothing. 
Well, maybe apply that to that little thing. There's nothing to hold on to. <laughs> because it looks like your head's holding on to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's it, it got me in a loop. It, it totally does. It doesn't have you in a loop. It's running, It's the mental process runs after its own tail. You're not involved in it at all. Mm-hmm. I would say if you, if there was anything to be called you, it would be the awareness. That's, that's more of a contextual state. And all the mental aspects are uh, content, yeah? Mm-hmm. Mental states are constantly changing levels and moving around. But the awareness, it's like the opposite of the eye of Sauron. It's the eye of benevolence, let's say. Mm-hmm. That awareness is contexting everything. And the content never can get behind the context, yes? Mm-hmm. So when you keep seeing stuff, if you see it, yeah? Let's say what, look at what the head does, really. You take this bottle. Everyone sees the bottle, yeah? Now I add a one little word, my bottle. Now it's used to infer that there's someone who owns the bottle. Same thing with thoughts, yeah? The thought becomes my thought. Now it infers there's a thinker of the thought, yeah? Feeling. Yeah, it's feelings coming and going. My feeling. Now it's being used. The mental process has claimed it, is using it to point to the phantom, Yeah? And it's like in Zen where they say, the finger that's pointing at the moon. Don't get confused. It's just the pointer. But that's all you get in selfing. All you get is everything turned to point towards the pseudo-subject. You never see the moon. But most of our the mind hiccups, just as soon as it goes like this, a thought, there must be a thinker. That's it. That's the, that's the logical leap the conditional mind does. It, there's the awareness of a thought. Consciousness illuminates that there's a thought appearing, yeah? The mental process claims it and goes, a thought means there's a thinker. A feeling means there's a feeler. An action means there's a doer. That's its logic, yeah? Every time, everything is used to point to the phantom. You never see the phantom. It's just inferred, it's assumed, it's felt, it's sensed, but there's never a recognition of it because it's not actually there. All it does, this is as far as it goes. An activity happens, brought to us by conscious contact, the mental process claims it, uses the word my in a sense, the my signifies the movement, and now that thing, whatever it is, a feeling, a thought, a jacket, a car, is used to point to the one who has the jacket, the one who owns the car, yes? The one who owns the dog, yes? Always, like that. That's it. That's the daily activity of the bondage of self. That's what the mind's doing. Yeah? So, in a weird way, we're at this point. We're just seeing the finger, and then the moon's assumed. Yeah? And even if they're, and the light that we believe is coming from the moon, I'm the one who's aware, I'm the one who's seeing these thoughts, right? Is a reflection of the sun. The moon has no light in and of itself, it reflects the sun. Yes? That's all it does. In other words, the sun is the bringer of all light. Yeah? The moon reflects it. That's what's happening. So, we believe we're the seer, we're the hearer, we're the feeler. That is a reflection of the seeing, the hearing, the feeling. Yeah? The reflection takes seeing and makes it into seer seeing. Donna, how are you? Hi, I'm on a roll. I can't stop you now. Don't stop for me, please. Hurry up. It's coming out. Get a, get a bottle. Get a something. Anybody want Catch water? It. Please. Uh, water? Yes. Sparkling? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. See us. So, there's the scene, yeah? Scene. 
there's the hearing, there's the feeling, there's the tasting, there's the touching. Like Buddha supposedly said, when you see, see, when you hear, hear, when you feel, feel, when you taste, taste, when you touch, touch. Mm. Yeah? What does the mental process do? It, it interprets that into, uh, there's a seer and the seen. Yeah? Where does the emphasis go to? The seeing? No. To the seer, to the idea of the seer, and to the seen. Yes? The distribution shifts dramatically. Yeah? Seeing, when seeing, see, you're totally in it, man. That's a beautiful recognition of what's happening. Seeing, when seeing, see. Yeah? When hearing, hear. Instead, the recognition is, is distorted because the mental process claims it and turns the emphasis into the seeing and the seer. And it's just a weird distribution of attention that's driving us crazy, to tell you the truth. If your attention was freed, it would be enriching your life. If your attention is enslaved, that's what drives you crazy. That's why you can't go to sleep at night, because the light won't get off the thought system. Yeah, and you're dying to get some sleep, but it's just on, because it's all about you. Yes? Mm-hmm. That shifts, a, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I, if there's a if there's a compulsion to think about something, is it is it? I have certain compulsive thoughts. Most people do. And I have I have very compulsive thoughts about certain things. Yeah. I don't try to fight them anymore because it's like, well, that's totally pointless. I mean, they just keep coming anyway, you know. But it it, it seems to weaken them. I mean, if they if they just go, I mean, if they just go. It, yeah, for sure. That's traveling lighter. Yeah. You know? Let's say they say there's deep mental grooves, you know, samskaras in, in Hindu tradition. So all of us, the mental states, have some of them have deep mental grooves, yeah? Mm-hmm. So some of them get, they're more entrenched in one kind of compulsion than they are in others. And there may be different lengths. Like sometimes there'll be a thing that seems to be driving you crazy, but the, all you can do is let it burn down to the nub. It's not going to change. Other things will change. Yes? Mm-hmm. So there's like these deep mental grooves. For me, it's like mental winds. Mental winds play. I was talking to my friend driving here. I remember I saw an accident in San Francisco, and I was watching it. We were walking to this intersection, and a guy was sitting in this car, and there was a car in front of him, and he wanted to make a left turn. And I saw, like, as if he got possessed, yeah? I could see his face change, and then he pulled around and went through the intersection, had this big accident, then he ran out away. He got out of his car and ran away in San Francisco. But I could see, like, the mental wind come over, like a, a, a mental state rose, and it just fucking went, like, bananas, yes? Alcoholism is the same way. It's like a, an, a possession, yes? So a mental state would have, like, a deep mental groove. So let's say if something keeps appearing and it doesn't seem to uh, react to any of your skillful means or your solutions, then it's probably this deep mental groove of the mental states. That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. But there's always a seeing of it. The seeing of it doesn't have the groove. The seeing of it is like the sky. It's allowing everything to appear in it, but it's not affected by what appears in it. Yes? When the shit bird shits, it never lands on the sky. When it rains, it's not getting wet. Yes, that's sort of like what mind is like. The mental states are a different ball game. Yeah, some are heavier than others, and then when they arise, you feel a lot different than when the other ones are arising. Yes, 
And they're all vying for expression. And so if you're taking over, like alcoholism, my kind, the one I, the type I had that was running me, I had a magnetic appeal to people in uniform. As soon as I drank, I was getting arrested. I got run over twice in one night. I had an extreme, deep mental groove that was really uh, dramatic. I mean, shit really hit the fan when it took me over. <laughs> I mean, it was nasty. Yeah? And there was no seeming hope for it. I mean, I was at the point of just, I was, I'd already been to institutions two years and three months. I'd been in jail a lot, and I'd been dead a couple of times. So those are the three doors I had to go through, and it looked like that's where I was going to keep going through, because this seemed to have nothing. My mother wanted it to be different, yeah? The state wanted it to be different. I wanted it to be different. My enemies wanted it to be different. My friends wanted it to be different. No human power seemed to be able to, to turn this this force away. And then one day, a regular day at the office, because I had given up hope, literally. I had had many bottoms, and none of them had sufficiently caused me to seek... They did cause me to seek help, but they failed to help. I, you know. So my mind just broke. That's what happened. I was drinking a vodka, and then suddenly the, the cell thing got frozen, and uh, a whole new download came in. Almost as if a whole new chute, you know? I had been underneath one chute for quite a while. Somehow something moved, or a new chute moved, and some new information came in. And that information set off trains of circumstances that I've been sober for 24 years. That's where it all started, yes? So I got an intimate experience of mind, you know? When mind shifts out of one thing into another state. And this was an extreme shift, yeah? I wasn't thinking of getting better. I was just trying to see how I could come up with enough money to get a shot of dope. Yet, that thing came to a halt and like suddenly two or three minutes the cell thing stopped. What downloaded became a solution that's still on for 24 years. Shit. That was all I needed. That was the, you know, was the biggest demonstration in this life for me. Because nothing and I mean nothing could stop the alcoholism. It was just brutally just flooding into my life in every aspect since I was 12 years old. So, I have, I've, known, I've experienced these things, and when I experience these things, I've had downloads around them, a lot of downloads around them, yeah? And because I'd be up for 7 or 10 days when I was using, and my idea of transcendence with drugs was I was trying to, to pull my mind to a certain tautness where it would snap and I'd wake up, yeah? It didn't work, but that was, that was my endeavor, and yet, so I've, no, I've seen mind in a lot of its glory. I've seen, I believe, it from head to toe. I've seen the, the machinations of selfing. Yeah? And, and the emphasis now is on the, from the seeing point, not what's being seen. Yeah? And I don't see now much difference between alcoholism and anyone else. I would say... The, the mind's addiction to the idea of being special and a separate entity is a very strong addiction in most people's heads. And uh, it's setting off all the other addictions yeah. to try to get relief from that one. Because if you couldn't complete a mission, yet you wouldn't accept that, you would constantly be failing at the mission, wouldn't you? So let's say if the mental condition wants to be a self, it really does. It wants to be special. It wants to be different. It really wants to be unique. 
Yeah, but it wants to have all of what allness would have and universalness would have and all love would have. It wants all of that, but it doesn't want it as that. It wants it as being special. Yeah, and let's say that could never happen, but the mind will not give up. So it's always desiring to become a self. Yeah, and because the way it, it's it's expressed, it's also desiring to unbecome what it thinks it is. Yeah, so it's desiring to become something and it's desiring to unbecome, and it's going on all day. You're desiring to become and unbecome, but it will never uh, have a fruition. It will never have a climax because it can't be what it isn't. Yes, it's not inherently a thing, and it's not inherently a mental thing. It's a—it's inherently, I would say, an awareness or a consciousness thing. And now I'm just using those words to infer something different than mental and physical. Yeah, I don't know what the hell it is, but I do know mental and I do know physical. So that desire can never be fulfilled. So what happens? It needs to get relief from that unfulfillment. So for some who have a certain inclination, drugs and alcohol. For others, sex addiction. For others, shopping. For others, misery. For others, being right. For others, time. Being totally consumed in how important time is. Yes? It's going to find an outlet or a form of expression that's always going to be not at rest because of the agitation of the first state. Yeah? If you are not something, and the only way it can appear to be something is constant appearance, then that means a lot of agitation. Yes? A lot of agitation. So that mind, if it has the quality to reflect, it can't, requ- it can't reflect consciousness. It can't mirror emptiness. It can only mirror things things that are moving, things that are active, yes? It misses the stillness. It misses what's always here. It, it will totally, totally obsess over that something that shows up and leaves, but it misses what never shows up and never leaves. It doesn't have the eyes to see that, yeah? It's constrained by the system, the mental system. That's why the more you look from self-centeredness, the, the more blind you are to what is. You can't possibly see it through looking. It's not built that way. And I know that because i that's what happened. I had enough failure, finally it snapped, and I realized it wasn't me, it was the system. Yeah. You're not going to find what's always here. It can't be seen. Yeah. So. so I always like to take the... the uh, I always like to see what we're not instead of entertaining what we are, because I found I was busily entertaining what I was, but as what I wasn't. (laughs) It wasn't serving me much. It was actually driving me more crazy, because it didn't seem like I was that, you know? Oh, love, and always, you know, the blissful ocean of peace. Fuck, I didn't... It wasn't equating, but I just went the other way. Hey, I'm not that. And I found that's that. There's no more to do. Everything is, else is put into finding out. My point of knowledge is to know what I'm not. My, I, my sense of what I am is finding out. My point of knowledge is to know what I'm not. My sense of what I am is finding out. I can't know it. Yeah. I can't know it. I know it. I get to find out by, by its expressing. When it's free from the mental realm, I see it expressing and I get an intimation of... It's sort of majesty in a way. Yeah. But I can never know it. Never know it. So. But after finding out, I wouldn't want to know it. 
It would be like looking at a dead body. It would be you do an autopsy, but there would be no more life in it. You'd make it into something. Yeah? But by finding out it's alive, it's alive and you're alert, you're conscious, and you're open to find out. And downloads come. Yeah, more is revealed. Like you can sense it in a room now. That's space. You get a sense of that space. Now, do I have to dwell there? No. I could walk right out now, and it'd still be the sense of the space. I don't have to sit there and attend to it in a focused way. Uh, for me, it's more diffuse. It's more like uh, casually looking instead of focusing on it. It's just walking around. So, you know what I mean? If you focus, you miss it. If you have an open, wide lens, you pick it up. Once you try to focus it, I want to know that, you miss it. When, yeah, what the fuck? You're walking around, and then you pick it up. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you turn the aperture down and concentrate and stuff, you miss it. You know what? When that's given up, the lens opens up, you get a sense of it by its, its uh, the you know, the opening. You get the spaciousness of it. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a huge quality of mind, is spaciousness. And the quality of clarity, yeah? and the quality of emptiness, which goes with the spaciousness. Yeah? And then a possibility of all these juicy qualities drop in, like compassion and love and intimacy and stuff like that. Yeah. It's almost like you have to exhaust yourself focusing. Well, some you are some already, people, bro. Some people, yeah. Aren't you already exhausted? Yeah. There you go. So you've already fulfilled the requirement. <laughs> really, everyone in this but room it, but is it's, it seems like for a lot of people that sort of end up, you know, in this situation. I mean, it's it's like they focus on something for so long that it's just you get so tired of it. You just want to rest, and you just start looking for rest. And as you start looking for rest, you realize that it's there. You just have to relax if you can notice that you're not relaxed. Well, you know, I read this thing once. There was a magazine called Tricycle. I think it's still out. A Buddhist magazine. You ever hear it? I was reading it one time, just years ago, and there was like a page, like an editorial from a meditation teacher. Yeah? And he was talking about he'd been teaching meditation for 30 years. And then uh, a lot of his old-time students had been coming up to him with the same story, and that was nothing seems to have really changed. And as soon as I saw that, that was it for meditation for me. <laughs> I'm listening, brother. That's the clearest day. I, you know, I'm in my 12th year of heavy practice. I think I'm going to skip out now. <laughs> I don't want to be experiencing that in the 25th year. Hey, fuck, nothing's happening. <laughs> I think I'm going to move on to another possibility, maybe. <laughs> Seriously, it had a really big impact on me. I read it. You got it. Okay, that's good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> because who am I to think it would be different? Yeah? <laughs> so we're all exhausted. I'm exhausted of talking about this all day. That's nine days in a row. I'm not, actually, because there's something that has nothing to do with me that's fucking gung-ho, constantly. It just won't stop. It doesn't have a body to rest. It never blinks. It's, if someone wants to hear something, it's on. Oh, yeah. I mean, my whole life gets displaced. People have to pull me away. Will you stop talking to Paul? He hasn't eaten yet. I'm just like, fuck it. 
That's a no. You know? I'm just like, woo! <laughs> and I've never had anything like it, really. I mean, the compulsion to use drugs was a different thing, but this is almost the same way. It's such a strong uh, urge to come out. You know, and this is just my seat assignment right now, you know? So I get put in a seat, and it's there, boom, to share. Because I find, in my own life, when I understood something, it opened me up to what, to the vision behind that, yeah? Like in AA, that was a huge deal to me. When someone finally explained the book in a simple way, I really got a lot out of it, and it made a big impact. So I saw the value in understanding, because it's sort of like turning on a light. You see better, you know? And so, okay... So you have a sufficient, good enough understanding, probably. Yeah. Now it's time to turn off that light, and the light's still there. Before, I needed an understanding, because it didn't seem like to be any light. But now I know the light's there. So sometimes it's good to turn off the understanding, and it's as bright as hell. And that's freedom, to tell you the truth. That's when you start traveling as it. Uh, not with it. It's not like you have it, but as it. Yeah much more practical because it's always available at all times and there's nothing there's no understanding required yeah. hey, it's a very long thin door isn't it? <laughs> is that, is that, is that really, yes yeah. it's a little weight there though <laughs> Rusty, go eat. <laughs> so I don't know. Any questions? What questions? We can go on like this forever. I'm not an authority, you know. Just, just share. I have a, well, it's not really a question, but I, it just came up sort of curious about higher power. Yes. You know, like, you know, higher power, power greater than myself. You know, is that attempting to point to what's beyond the mind? Yeah, I would say no. And I wouldn't say greater than myself, greater yeah. than self. Power greater the than my self. is the dilemma, yeah. yeah. Power greater than self. What self defeated us? It isn't self, it's myself. The my is the trick. Watch that little word because it signifies a lot. Really. Yeah? As if there's someone there that owns the self or has the self. Yes? Right. So like in Buddhism, when they talk about detachment, it's, it's really detaching the my from that. Well, in my view, that's the practical place to look, because that's where I saw the yeah. glue applied, yeah, yeah. is the my. It's not, it's the word, what it signifies, yeah? yeah. And I saw the huge difference when, when something was just seen as a thought, and my thought. Mm-hmm. And after a few samples, every time I waited, the my was much heavier, the my thought was heavier than a thought. The my feeling is much heavier than a feeling. My money is much heavier than money. Yeah? So I didn't need that many more, like, uh, samples. I got it. Yeah? So that's the activity of mind. It obviously gives meaning to things. I learned that from the Course of Miracles. That you and I give everything all the meaning it has. Well, let's see. If you can travel heavy and light here, I would imagine that's going to be based on the meaning your mind's giving things. Yeah, if your mind's giving things a lot of importance all the time, you're probably going to be traveling really heavy. Yeah, if it's not has a different light of view, you'll travel lighter. Okay, let's see, let's hunt down where is all these meanings coming from. I believe they were coming from a thought system called self-centeredness. 
how to get out of self because it's tricky because it's the old trick if you identify it as that how can you leave it yeah so self can't get out of self so okay that's like it's double lock so you want to get out of it but that actually juices it up even more because when you try to get out of self as self it doesn't work oh I, I saw that too okay so how how does this whole system have a lot of juice it has a false sun you and my attention has been hoodwinked, and it will go to whatever I think is about me. Yeah, and I don't like where it goes quite a lot. Yeah, but I can't stop it. It's like it's like a bloodhound that's gotten a smell. It keeps going to those thoughts and those stories about me because that's what it's trained to do. Attend to me. Attend to Paul. Yeah, but okay, I I see this as an addiction. So if I'm not that. Maybe the attention will go somewhere else, and I can start calling that, not me, but I am. Yeah, And that's what happened. Once the attention started leaving, all the occupation with the me and what infers it and implies it, it went to, if you want to call it the I am or whatever, and then it started to illuminate or make that obvious. Hallelujah. That was the basis of traveling lighter. Yeah? And changing behavior, you would see the behavior as okay. This behavior is happening, and I'd like to change it, but it's it's not owned. The behavior's not owned. That's right. I have no power to change it, but I can say I have a preference. Let's say you can put it out there and see what happens. It's almost as if the way you go over yourself, this juice will go over you differently when it scans you what you think is worthless and not good and this and that, it may get a whole different image of this opportunity than the way your head looks at it. Yeah? So it's like two different doctors looking at an x-ray. One sees a disease, the other sees an opportunity yeah, or a possibility. <laughs> so that's what it's like. So I, what happened was with me, the Urban Renewal Project called Paul, you know, the constant restructuring and building up and defending the beast of Paul, was called off. It was going to be an eternal fucking construction job, sucking all my attention and interest. Never, never getting to a point of contentment, but, all right, that's enough. You know? Because it was a lot of destroying and then building up and destroying again. Then when that was called off, my attention left that, and then there was no more building, and then that was my real home, the space that was there, where that renewal project was occupying, the space of living, you know, on this. So, it's changed a lot. I've been left, you know, I was let off the biggest hooks. So, I don't really care that much about myself on that level. So, I'm flexible, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't have a rigid idea of things. So, when they don't, they're not that idea, I, I say, fuck that, I'm not going to dance. I just change my shoes and dance a different way. It just works out better. <laughs> very flexible, very pared down, very economizing. Yeah? It really is. You cannot believe how light you can travel. The rigidity seems to be like where the weight is. Oh, yeah, it's arthritic. Yeah. Because I I have rigidity, particularly around money. And, you know, it's like I have money, and I still have fear about it. And it's so rigid, and I think that I'm getting so sick of this rigidity of it. Like I want it out of my system, but I, it just—it's just like locked there. It's just there. 
and I just can't get. It's just like it's just it's always there. This this. Well, let's just say this one thing. So, money, mm-hmm. and then there's your money. Right. The fear is about your money. Clearly, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah, no, it's not so about money. It's, it's about money, money, and then when the mind claims it, right. it can have a fear over it. Right. So let's say if you have a million dollars, it's still not enough. Or let's say if it goes down to nine hundred thousand nine hundred ninety-nine cents, I'm not a millionaire anymore. Right. Yes. So the, it's not the money that provokes the fear; it's the mind right. that instills the fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to see. Because if we believe things are coming at us and are doing it to us, you've got to see your role in it. Not you personally, mm-hmm. the mind giving it meaning. So as soon as money becomes my money, it may not be enough for you. If it was money, it would be more than enough, right? A mm-hmm. million dollars, you could probably make it where I live. I could live the rest of my life pretty damn content the way I'm living now and have tons of left over. But my money, I'm definitely going to need more, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Just watch it. Just weigh it. See the difference between something and mine. Check it out. You'll you'll have your own verification. It's good to know just because you're used to traveling heavy doesn't mean it's the way it is. Yeah? You never look in the knapsack. You got fucking lead weights in there. Yeah? Yeah, that's what it feels like. And the lead weight is brought to you by mine. Really, if you took a thought and weighed it, let's just say a thought weighed, let's say a regular th- a thought just weighs an ounce, yeah, and you have like seventy thousand thoughts a day supposedly. Let's say you're conscious or aware of a thousand, two thousand. So basically, almost every day you're carrying two thousand ounces, and you're used to it, you know. So it doesn't really. You can climb up hills. You can do this. It seems you know bearable. I can handle this. Okay. Now the same situation. Take the thought and add the word my. Now the thoughts are going to weigh a pound. So now you have 2,000 pounds. What are you going to be traveling like? Much heavier. That's exactly what it's like. It's the difference between traveling light and traveling heavy. Is the mind. It, is, it seems so hard to get out of the my and the money. I, just I know. Yeah. Well, give it to me. <laughs> I'll make it my money and then you won't have the trouble. I had a guy come over, he just got $250,000, and he had the arrogance to start complaining about it in, at my house. What am I going to do? My friends may not like me anymore now that I'm rich. And I said, I said, give me a fucking break. Give me 70000 right now. I'll enjoy the hell out of it, you know? I can't believe you just got this money, and you're already worrying about, give me a rest, Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? This is called, like, the mind. Yeah. And the my has a complexion, has a personality. And if you were a, like of my type, it's negative. Mine was the, to the dark side, the lack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something inherently wrong. It went there. When, when my first obsession with self started to arise when I was like five and six, I felt like something was really wrong with me. Couldn't put my finger on it, but I really felt everyone could see it. So my whole life was about a song and dance that no one would get that spot, you know, just keep them, yeah? And I was constantly on the lookout to make sure no one was really probing into Paul because I didn't think anyone was was there. Actually, it was a very clear understanding, but it split me out. I never thought there was anyone there, and I thought everyone else had someone there, and it was very weird. 
You know, like who the hell are they looking at? You know? So <clears throat> this, that whole idea is some of that, what you're talking about, yeah? So the scarcity doesn't come, it comes from the mind. That's the only way it can have an influence here. It needs, let's say, money to be scarce about, and it crosses to the money through the mind, yeah? And now you're, now the scarcity is about money. Then it can be about uh, a lot of things. You're not going to get enough food. You're not going to get enough love. It's got to build a bridge to give it that meaning, yeah? Because it's just money is just money. Mm-hmm. But now, whoop, my money or my my relationships. So I don't trust anyone because I feel like when my mother died, when my grandmother died when I was young and my father, I loved them so much and suddenly the object of love was gone, like out of the blue. So my love was just hanging out. It seemed so scary, I sucked in. Never to let it out again, yeah? Close down the shop. Can't take that chance. Can't be that vulnerable. Yes, all this happens with the mind. There's nothing to do about it. Just if you have an understanding, it'll look... If the mind understands it, what will happen is things will arise and then things that weren't illuminated before will be. You'll see things in situations you didn't see before. And it will be sort of like a mosaic that's explaining something to you in a very graphic, uh, image-type way that you can really get. You see it. You see that a life based on self-will is going to be unsuccessful. You get that self is what has defeated you. You get it, yeah? It becomes very clear to you. You know, it, it, it manifests in an example, but you never saw it as an example. Now you, it sucks it into a point of seeing it as like almost like a template put over your life, and new information arises. Yeah, and I'm telling you, the mind can be can. The mind has the ability to be convinced. If it sees something, it can be convinced, and therefore it's never fooled again. Yeah. 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 It has the ability to be convinced. You don't need constant demonstration. You can see it, and then that's it. Yeah. Bubba. <laughs> Rusty? Yes, I know. You're calling on me to give you a... It's round number eight. You've gone around <laughs> this room eight times already, brother. Have you had enough? No. <laughs> Watch it. It's a, it goes here a lot. All right, Russ, yes. Can you say more about the. Because she has the. Barely. Okay. The <laughs> a little more. Yes. What? My, my. I have money. Good. And, and I have the, the flip side. The, I come from it like there's not enough. Yeah. You know, like. Well, she's saying there's not enough either. I guess, right? right? Yeah, of course. It's it's the fear that it's going to be gone or whatever, yeah. What do you want? You want some water? There's water here, Rusty. Come. Rusty, here. No, I think he just wants to be near you. (laughs) He's going to vertically sleep. The thing too, be careful when satsangs turn into therapy. You know, mm. it doesn't help you. I don't believe. It. Get this. This is about the first knot. It's going to influence all the other knots. It will. Yeah, have faith in it. Have faith in the solution. Okay. You know, That's it. faith mind. Well, 
you'll be called and moved to do things, but have faith in mind. You know? well, see, I believe we've, used, we've come to be familiar with doubting it because we've taken a mental condition to be mind. And we are right to be afraid of that. I'm afraid when I'm relying on mind in that form because it failed me miserably. But it's time to outgrow that and find in this other thing that's been demonstrating it's totally reliable for years. It's past the point of doubting and having fear around it. It's about relying on it in faith, yes? So when you say mind like that, that's your word for the Yes, that's my word. To have faith, and, and you could say God if you were okay with that word. Yeah, yeah, whatever, being, or... I don't like consciousness now, because you can see consciousness is, in a sense, is manipulated, right? There's human consciousness, there's insect consciousness, yes? So it's defined in a certain way through its expression. Then there's the awareness. So you and I can become conscious of the awareness. And the mind has the... Let's say the mind nature is to be is empty yeah it's essence its nature is to be reflective so what's actually happening here is our mind is reflecting either the activity of mental processes or it's reflecting infinite mm-hmm. infinity yeah it reflects it so when it's reflecting infinity it's empty because there's nothing there yeah when it's reflecting all of this stuff it takes itself to be a thing because all it's seeing is things yes it's reflecting this place, and it's falling for that reflection. When it, It's a two-sided mirror. It's not only just facing this way. Consciousness isn't, doesn't have an opaque side to it. There's no one who's conscious. Yeah? So human consciousness is a two-sided mirror. That consciousness can be looking into infinity, while this consciousness is reflecting thingness. Yes? So this infinity can have an influence in how you travel around in the, in the world of things. But the influence isn't coming from the world of things, it's coming from the infinite. Yes? What happens here, when you take yourself to be a someone, the mirror becomes opaque. There's one side that's you. So you believe you've got to turn yourself towards the truth and say no to this place. That's not true, in my view. Yeah? Yeah. If you believe you only have one side that can reflect, and you're reflecting this, and you believe you're blaming all this, and you try to turn around, I'm going to turn and see the truth, that's a form of looking. Yeah? This is questioning the Paul, yes, or the Allison, that's the opaque side of the mirror, and you see right through it. And now you're reflecting infinity while you're reflecting this place. And the infinity has a bigger influence here. Yeah. So you travel lighter. You can't turn and look at the truth. You're looking at the truth now. You look actually it's more called looking from the truth. Yeah? You're looking from the truth at this place. You can't take yourself to be a thing in this place and then look at the truth. It doesn't work. You'll only see it as a thing. You'll make it something. But if the opaqueness isn't so, then you're actually looking at the same, you know, there's a seeing at the same time. This doesn't have much influence on that, but this has a lot of influence on this place, for sure.
So it's opaque by all the, the mental conditioning and the yeah. grooves and those things. Yeah, it, all that stuff um, is, is put together as a someone. So you four steps and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a someone there, so you're you're obviously seeing, you're conscious, yeah, but you're not conscious of, you know, that there's this sort of opaqueness that's been made. So the other side of the mirror has been painted over with your little happy face. <laughs> so every time you look back, you see you, and it turns into like an obsession with self instead of a, a like a viewing into infinity. It now become, it's really wild because it's the same thing if it gets captured by you it's called obsession with self if it's released, it's abidance and truth it's the same energy Yeah, it's just you know what I mean? it's the same energy, the same energy is what is fueling the obsession with self, when this, when this consciousness is on you 24-7 it's fucking unbearable this burns up it's too much light, yeah? 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 You get it? It's too much light. Alright, what happens when it goes through you? It's abiding in the truth. It's resting in the truth of that emptiness, of that no thingness. Yeah? Same, same. Same, same. Same thing. Same energy. So it's like we said the other night, faith. Everyone has tons of faith. Faith is is a potential that express manifest here by the vehicle you put it in. So if you have faith in a failed thought system, it's going to produce anxiety. Yeah, that's what it's going to do. It's going to produce the importance of time. It's going to produce tons of stuff. Yes, it's the it's the movie isn't good. It's the audience. Yeah, that's what's good. The same faith it put into whatever God or whatever like that. That's the same faith that produces ease and comfort in your own skin. Your ability, your ability to be here because you realize you can't be anywhere else. All of that. Yeah? It's the same potential, but it needs a vehicle to manifest. It manifests differently by what vehicle it's put in. So, I've seen people who are devoted to their thought system, and they're racked with anxiety. Because every thought about what's going to happen to them is so freaking serious... It has so much weight; it's almost a burden to you know be here every day. Yeah, they they're incredible devotees to the mental condition. <laughs> that same devotion, if it was put in a different vehicle, they'd be traveling fucking great. <laughs> they'd be able to really enjoy being here because they'd be so clear they couldn't be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> There wouldn't be even a shred of doubt. Because one vehicle is an appearance, the other is actually so. Can you imagine if you had faith in what's so? Look what you can do with faith in what's not so. Can you imagine if the faith was in what's so? It would be very potent. You know? It would be really potent. So, There's just possibilities. Man, open up your... Just let them in and see what happens. That's what happened with me. Went to talks like this, and then I didn't go to talks like this. Because I was at every talk I gave. (laughs) Thousands of them. I don't need to see anyone else. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Be like overkill. (laughs) And I found the point was to be free. 
I don't want to be glued to something else. I know I want to be unglued. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to be unglued and then search for something to be glued on. I want to see what it's like if your attention is unglued. You know, where it can go randomly and freely. Yeah, like you know, like roaming. You don't want to take that gluedness and put it on something, a dead master or something. You know? Usually better when they're dead. <laughs> Live, it's a little dead is good, you know. And they're all about you. <laughs> so I think, well, I just be unglued here, and let's see what happens. Maybe there's no need to be glued anymore. You can live unglued. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're not a. The idea that you're separate and de- detached. I have the exact different experience. I'm more of an individual when I'm not an individual. Right. This is more of an individual expression than it ever was when I was trying all those nights to be individual. Now I'm not trying at all. It's much more individual. Yeah, it's pure. Just the way it goes. Man. It's beautiful. All the things you wanted in a distorted way, you actually get in a, mu- in a much different format. Yeah, so you don't get them by having them. You actually have them by giving it away. Changes, you know, the movement changes and direction changes, but it's basically what you were looking for, you know, an ease and comfort in your skin and a contentment with uh, yourself, in a sense, or with whatever is here. Yeah. I don't have a giant desire. I need a certain level of comfort, then that, that job's over. I don't have a family, I'm not bringing people up and sending anyone to college, so my ex- I don't have to do much. Once that's met, it's that's forgotten and then move on and do other things, you know? Now, if you were, like, I used to see, have you ever Ramesh Balsakar? Mm-hmm. He was a teacher. He died, passed away two years ago. I saw him in India, sat with him like 13 days in a row, and every time he talked, he opened it up. He'd have a new person to ask a question. Before he answers that thought, he said, do you have a place to stay tonight? You know, have you ate? You're sort of comfortable? Because if you're not, it's pointless to talk about this, yeah? So let's say if we were totally broke, and I was totally broke, and I needed an operation, da-da-da-da, I'm at that level of, like, hey, my house is on fire, I need a pail of water, yeah? So the more flexible mind would go there than go to here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's it, I think, tonight, eh? Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome, man. It's my pleasure. I love exploring it. Yes? Once you see it, you see what you're not, because you can't see what you are. Once you start seeing what you're not, that there's only an arthritic pointing, there's no moon, it makes a big difference. Like we say in Recovery Rule 62, don't take yourself so seriously. You can't take self more seriously than call it you. I mean, <laughs> that's like beyond seriousness. I swear to God. You know what I mean? That's like extreme seriousness. So this is a perfect solution to add to the uh, practical way of life of AA, in my view. Because see, this is an illuminating factor, but it's not a modality. You can't practice this. You can't achieve it. You can't do anything with it, really. But whatever way of life you're in, it will illuminate. Yeah? It will illuminate it. It will make things clearer. It will, things will be obvious. 
Yeah, but you can't use a modality to get to it. But it will illuminate any modality, yeah? you know, any way of life. Now I feel like I'm speaking a foreign language. Hmm? Now I feel like I'm speaking a foreign language. Do you? And like all of a sudden we're on my own with this stuff sometimes. Oh, oh. It's the oh, only thing. Like yeah. maybe speaking to fellow AAs or helping a sponsee who's speaking this some of this stuff too. They're like it's just pointless. They make it something. But they get it. Yeah? If, if, if it's allowed to uh, be framed in another way. Like, a lot of people love to hear me when I share an AA. I tell them to go to Zen Bitch Slap. I never hear from them again. <laughs> I swear to God. I am asked to go speak at meetings, but then when I tell the people that come up, I really like what you had to say. I go, go to Zen Bitch Slap. I never hear from them or see them again. So they love it when they hear it in that context. They don't love it when they, the context isn't there. Mm-hmm. Scares them. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm not ready to leave AA. So you sort of, uh, you're flexible. You can express something that intimates this, but without blatantly saying it mm-hmm. conception. Yeah. They see something they want. <clears throat> so, resistant, like, hmm? resistant like hell, too. Hmm? It resisted like hell too. Well, yeah, yes. The alcoholic mind is a, big, it's a strange mind, man. It's it's not really open to be helped much. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a weird thing. Most diseases would usually there'd be a motivation to seek relief, but we, everyone, a lot of people today are very nonchalant. Ah, fuck it. An hour is way too much to ask for me. <laughs> very much more important. I got a Breaking Bad. I recorded it. And, uh, see it. <laughs> hey, you may be dead by tomorrow. Oh, but, uh, I'm probably dead. Yeah, I'm <laughs> it's hilarious, really. It really is. <laughs> How nonchalant we are about serious things and how serious we are about nonchalant things. <laughs> we're super pissed that someone took our parking space, but we're fucking very nonchalant about alcohol. Oh, fuck. It's a disease. I'm controlling my drinking. I'm only having as much as I can get. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. I know, hey, I've been in it for 24 years. Tell me about it. Once I had a position, I thought I knew the way, I thought I had a solution. That was proved not. <laughs> this proved that just to be much more quiet and humble, yes. I was proclaiming this myself when I started happening to me. And I had a podium, too, because I was doing workshops. And so for years, I had, a, I had this message clothed in an AA workshop. And people would come with pen and paper, but no, we never did any writing. It was supposed to be about the fourth step. I never did fucking any writing about it. I just went off on there is no self in a way. And they got it in that form. You know, I slipped it in. I had enough creds, people who wanted to fucking crucify me. They couldn't, because I'd done a lot of service in my life beforehand, you know? Lots of service. So I had people would come in. They'd want to really rip me a new one, you know? They, 
30 years. I've got 30 years, they'd say, as they walked by me where they puffed out of the knee. <laughs> like, All right, so, you know, wait for me outside. And, uh, it's, it's like, really, it's not going to get ganged up, you know? You're misleading these people. Oh, the freedom? No, oh, it's, it's how it, you know, but I, but uh, they couldn't get rid of me. That's the truth. I mean, so basically, they nuded me in a lot of ways. Where I live, they call me non-self Paul. <laughs> Before it was fourth-step Paul. What I was doing right now is non-self Paul. <laughs> oh, that's just non-self Paul. Don't listen to him. Just amuse him. <laughs> Doesn't matter. All things are going the way they're going. Yeah. So take it lightly. And just remember, perhaps they're sick too. Mm. Yes? Have some, you know, there is compassion there. <clears throat> and just a little relief goes a long way. They may not even appreciate it, but if they're not drinking for a few months, there's going to be a big difference in their life. So. Yeah, so don't. See what happened with me? You know, I thought I could have thought of. Oh.